two weeks ago, two weekends ago, I spoke on uh, four S's. Um, it's about the purpose, our purpose in life. And I talk about four S's. S's, S's. And the number one is survival. You know, I talked about survival, how there are so many people who are surviving. And um, then after that, we talked about stability. You know, we, God doesn't want us to be just in survival, but, you know, after survival is stability. And he was stable life, stable families. Uh, and after stability, it's about success. I talked about success, how God desires you and I to be successful. Amen. You've got to believe that God wants you to be successful. Right? Uh, we are his children and he wants us to be successful. And um, success is about us. You know, survival, stability, success is about us. And then after that, the fourth S I talked about is significance. And that, significance is a powerful word. God created you to be significant. And significance is about um, you living your life not for yourself. Significance comes when you're living for something bigger, something greater, something uh, uh, more than you. And significance about living for other people. Amen? That's where significance comes. And you can be in survival mode and still be significant. You can be stable and still be significant. Uh, you can be successful. And, uh, you know, part of celebrating success, I've got a photo for you on the screen. If you look at that, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's Courtney. And she's very embarrassed. She has got no clue what's happening. Uh, Courtney is Trina's daughter. This is just of last night. She's into hunting. And uh, she's into a hunting club. Is that right? And she's cleaned up all the awards last night for hunting. Isn't that cool? Yeah, give her a big hand. Yeah. And that's the problem. Don't ever send me photos. Uh, and uh, because we are a family, amen. Can you have the other lights? Thank you. Can you have the other lights back? Thank you. We are a family. We've got to celebrate each other's success, right? It's good to celebrate family, you know. And uh, that's why we go to... Kids, or you know, prize giving ceremony or a graduation ceremony. Why we're celebrating, and uh, and uh, this morning I want to talk about. You know, it's great that we are. Um, uh, you know, significant. We talked about significance, but I want to talk about this morning. I've titled it. I am created to be significant. I am created to be significant. Now, as I put this title, I was thinking about this. Um, experience. Now, my mom and dad, as most of you know, that I've got two siblings. I've got a brother. I've got a sister older than me. My brother, he is a pastor. He gave up a successful career um, and he's become a pastor, pastoring a great church in the city of Hyderabad, India. And I've got a sister. Uh, she's a gynecologist and um, she's serving in the community. Fantastic work. Uh, I'm the youngest. Now, uh, between my sister and my brother, um, uh, sorry, between my siblings and I, there's a big gap in our age because my mom and dad had six miscarriages uh, between my sister and I. Yeah, this, she's lost six kids and I am the seventh one. And so the Bible says number seven is like a perfect number, you know. Uh, so I'm the perfect child, you know, and they didn't like it, but I didn't care. Uh, I'm the perfect child. And uh, so I put this title, I am created for significance. I'm thankful to God and to my parents for kept on trying 
till I came. And when I came, their world changed. True. And it's good. And I'm created for significance. I'm not just created to survive, be stable, and be successful. Those things are beautiful, but I'm created to be significant. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, you were created for significance? See, it's easy to tell them that you are created for significance, but it's difficult to say, I'm created for significance. So turn to your neighbor and say, I'm created for significance. You know, it's the same thing like, now, when I, when we, when Kara had uh, children, you know, I carried my kids when they were born, they were already significant in my eyes. They did nothing. They came out all yucky, but uh, I looked at them with their squished, squished faces and whatnot, wrinkly hands, cute babies, but they were already significant in my eyes, right? Now, as they're growing up, my children are always significant, but not all the time what they do is significant. Right? There are a lot of things they do as less than significance. So they're always significant, but what they do might not be. See, with God, you and I are always significant to God. Amen. You and I are always significant to God. When he looks at you, he looks at you significant. Why? Because he fashioned you and he created you. Now, I didn't realize it uh, as I was growing up. I didn't realize it that I was significant. But I did a lot of things that brought shame to my parents, embarrassed to my parents. And I, yeah, I come from a good family. But I did a lot of naughty things that I shouldn't have done. But when I became a child of God, I realized that God loved me. I realized that my life is not my own. I got to live for Jesus. And so from that day on, I chose to live my life for other people. Significance is about other people. Amen. And God has given you life. And I tell you what, no matter what you do, see the Bible, you know, the Bible says God loves us. There is no way he's going to not love us. He'll always love us. But when you live your life for others to be significant, that's glorifying God. Amen. Now, I've got a parable I want to uh, uh, focus on this morning. It's in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14 to 29. I want to give you a bit of background before we go get into the scripture. It's about the talents. To one, he gave five talents. To one, he gave two talents. And to the other, he gave one talent. Now, this story really is in Matthew 25, and um, it's right in between where Jesus is talking about his uh, uh, second coming. He will come one day, that he will return one day, and he will return as the king. Amen. The first time he came, he came as a, as a boy, as a baby, and, um, but now when he comes back, he will come back one day, uh, and when he comes, he'll come back as a king. And, and he's taking this story. The parables are amazing. They've got a lot of spiritual truth to it. Amen. There's a lot of spiritual truth. And, and in this story, uh, we read that the master gives uh, talents to his uh, servants. And he goes away. And after a long time, he comes back. And now he's holding them accountable of the talents he's given them. 
whether they've used it, whether they made it significant, whether they multiplied it. And if they did it, he praised them. But the one that he, uh, who couldn't multiply it, he reprimanded him. Now, then, in this narrative, you know, the wealthy master represents Jesus Christ. Now, uh, the servants represent you and I. And the talents in this context is not your natural talents. He's not talking about not na your natural abilities of uh, good in sports, good in music, good in killing deers and getting trophies. I showed it to my wife, who's a vegetarian, and she couldn't believe that you get trophies for killing animals. <laughs> Poor animals, she said. I said, more meat on the table. Praise God. Right? So your talents is not just about your talents is not just about your art, your skill set. The Bible in here in the first century, talents was a massive sum of money. In the first century, when they gave him a talent, that's a lot of money. In today's context, it's probably thirty thousand dollars. Okay, so I'm just giving you a bit of background. And, and, and as he gave them talents, that kind of reminded me to think, God is very generous. Jesus is very generous. He blessed you with life. He blessed you with talents. If you don't have any talents, please stand in front of Monty. If you don't know who Monty, Monty is a professional boxer or was a professional boxer. And um, he, God has given him talents, hey Monty, right? And to use it for his glory. And so our father is extremely generous. And I mean, God giving us life, giving us gifts and talents, that's wonderful. Yeah? We've seen some talents this morning. But they weren't showing talents. They were worshiping God with the talents. Makes sense. Those people at the back, they are worshiping God with their talents. While they're drinking a cup of coffee. Eh? And, but they're using their talents to glorify Jesus. So that's wonderful. So just like the master was expecting a return. You know, and expecting that these servants will make their talents count. Jesus is expecting you and I to use our lives. Use the talents he's given us to make it count for his glory. Amen. And everything you have, everything I have is a gift from God. Isn't that wonderful? Your giftings, your natural abilities, your job, your family, your social setting, your friends, your house, your car, the money you earn, everything is a gift from God. Now we've got to believe that. Right? We have to believe that, that it's a gift from God. And... Um, you know, with your talents, you can see yourself as an owner or as a steward. See, an owner, owner's mentality or perspective is, this is mine, I will do what pleases me. We're in a steward's mentality, this is God's, and I will do what pleases Him. True? You know, my life is my life, but actually, it's God who gifted me this life. Right? My mom and dad didn't give me breath. They didn't create a heart for me. 
It's a miracle how wonderfully and fearfully each one of you are created. Amen. It is a miracle that no one looks the same. Leave it to your interpretation, that one. <laughs> yeah. So it's a miracle, you see. And, and so for me, you know, people might say, this is my life. I'll do what I want to do. No, no, no. This is not my life. It is a gift from God. And I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. I remember my, one of my things my brother did, um, which was really wrong when he came and visited us. He bought my boys an Xbox as a gift. Now, there was a lot of fight at home with this Xbox, but the mentality they have is, it's mine. No, it's mine. You know, their mentality, it's mine. No, no it's neither of yours. It's actually mine. <laughs> Since my brother's not here, I own it. I control it. And I have the right what you do with it. It's not yours. But the mentality like kids, it's like my house, my car, my stuff, mine, mine, mine. Whereas what the Bible is saying is, if we can recognize God as a savior, we're saying this life is not mine, it's yours. And I want to live for you, God. I want to be significant. Now I know when you see me, you see me significant. But I want to live my life day to day to be significant, to live for other people. Isn't that cool? So that's the difference between an owner and a steward. Everything God gave me. I was talking to the young people last week and I, we were talk, looking at managing uh, success and managing failure. And I said, if you don't manage success, you will lose it. And if you don't manage failure, you will struggle in life. Right? And so the same thing I'm saying, if we don't look after what God has given me, God has given me life, I need to look after it. I can't say, I'll live one life, I'll eat whatever I want to eat. If I do that, oompa loompa. Right? Heart attacks. Whatever. You know, God's given me love. I've got to look after it. God's given me a wife to look after. Amen. He's given me children to look after. He's given me a house to look after. He's given me a car to look after. He's given me a business to look after. Amen. But use it for significance. So Matthew 25, 14. Let's pick it up from verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his good goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to the other two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Isn't that cool that God has given these talents to them and God has given you and I those talents. And the key thing for us to recognize today is you are that gift. Amen. God, you are that gift he has given to your family. You know, it's easy to believe other people can do great things, but it's difficult to believe that I can do great things. It's not to boast. But according to God, you and I are created for greatness. You and I are created for greatness. It's difficult to believe it on ourselves, isn't it? Is that me? Really? No. I believe Rupert is built for greatness. You know, I believe Cara is, but not me. There's a, it's hard for us to believe. So God has given them these talents. 
And my first point is, I am a gift of God to others. And let's pick it up from verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And verse 17, and likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And so what he's saying is, for us to, for in, to interpret that, is that we are not to live our life for ourselves. Amen. We're not to live our life for my, ourselves. You know, my, wi my wife, my children can't wait to turn 18 because they think they have freedom. But what they don't realize is with freedom comes responsibility. Amen. At the moment, we cook for them, they eat. But when they go out, they got to cook, clean, wash, everything by themselves. With freedom comes responsibility. So my life, use my life for others and grow it and multiply. Make significance with my talents, my giftings. You know, look for opportunities just like those two guys who went out and they invested their talents. Look for opportunities to be used by God. Look for ways on how you can be used by God. Look for ways if he's given you money. Look at how you can bless. How you can multiply it. How you can grow it so you can be even more useful in the kingdom of God. Amen. If he's given you a gift of hospitality, inviting people over, cooking some nice meals, invite me. I love eating. You're welcome to invite me. But if you have a gift of hospitality, you welcome people, you've got a beautiful smile, your heart is about people, stand at the door. Give them a beautiful smile. Hello, welcome. <laughs> Give them a hug. Do something where you're, you're living outside yourself. Amen. You're at uni, you like people, and those people, you know, we all meet people, when you look at someone in their eyes, they kind of shy away. But you could go at uni and to your mates and go, hey, give them a compliment. Lift them up, and you know, look for opportunity, how you can use, if you're an encourager, encourage people. Cool? If you have a gift to serve people, come to my house. It's humor, but look at opportunities to serve people. Amen. Okay. And, you know, the other point I want to make is the guy with two talents didn't compare with the guy with the five talents. You know, what gift he's given you, use it. Don't look at, wow, Rupert can play bass, Rupert can play this, Ruth can play every instrument. Wow, and Trina can play. Don't compare. Oh, you know, Pam can do this. I can't cook the way Pam can cook. That's why I choose to go to her house to eat. You know, don't compare. Run your race just like the Olympics. I was watching the Olympics last night, just catching up on some of the highlights. Go the sevens, the gold team. Yeah, so cool. Yes. 
So cool. I was watching, and I was watching these athletes, man. They were running, and you know, they weren't looking at each other all the time. They're just running their race. Amen. One might be stronger than the other, taller than the other. Doesn't matter. Run your race. Make the most of your lane that you God's put you in. Don't compare and go, Frasier has got more than I have, and Kara has got more than I have. The more you compare, the more you are restricting yourself. Run your own race. Run your own lane. Don't trip them up and uh, just out of jealousy, don't go, put your stick, stick your leg out, make them fall, you're disqualified. Run your own race. Isn't that cool? Don't compare. I'm glad the guy didn't go, God, why would you give him five? Master, why would you give him five? Why would you give me two? You know, am I not worthy enough to get five? Are you with me? Am I not good enough to have more talents than Rupert? Comparing is very dangerous. Compare, comparison is a killer of your dream. It's a killer. Don't compare. Live your life. Run your race. Number two, I have to give an account of my life. Matthew 25, 19. After a long time, don't know what the long time is, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And one day, we all have to give an account of our lives. We do. Whether you know it or don't know it, whether you want to or you don't want to, whether you like it or not, we all one day have to give an account to God. Amen. And he's going to ask us, I gave you talents, I gave you gifts, I gave you life. What did you do with it? God, I lived for myself. No. Just shooting animals is not good enough. Bring some meat and distribute it. You're blessing other people. That's called significance. Hint, hint, hint. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 to 15 says this. By the way, those are beautiful slides, aren't they? Very cool slides. Give a hand to Paulina, please. She's done a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it says, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If, you, if the work survives, that builder will receive an, a reward. But if the work is burnt up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. So you read this here in the scripture, it says that on the judgment, the fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. We all are master builders. And one day he's going to come and what you do with your life, it will reveal. Did you live complaining, whinging, pulling other people down? Selfish lives? Or did you live encouraging, building into other people, investing in other people, and lifting them up and living for God? It's something to really ponder on. So let's jump back into Matthew 25 and pick it up from verse 20, please. So he had received five talents. So he who had received five talents 
came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. He, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done. Good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Isn't that cool? So these guys multiplied and they went to God, the, the master and the master praised them. And they said, you've done well. And uh, because you looked after a few things, I will make you ruler of great things. Isn't that cool? Because you've been a good steward of few things, I will multiply in your life. And so he said, come and enter into joy and enter into the joy of the Lord. And my third point, this is my last point, is I receive great joy and great reward by using my life for Jesus. I receive great joy and great reward by using my life for Jesus. So I'm personalizing it, and I want you to personalize it. Are you receiving great joy and great reward by using your life for Jesus? Something to ponder on. You know, living my life in obedience to Jesus, not only will I get great reward, as in well done, good and faithful servant, but while I'm here on earth, I receive great joy. I tell you, it gives me great joy to see people flourish. It does. That's the best thing I would live for. I would compromise everything else to see that happen. I keep saying to myself, keep the main thing the main thing. If I don't have time for you, uh, then I'm actually not pastoring. But for me, pastoring is not a title. It's I love you. As the Lord loves you, by the way. You know? And I pray for you. And I want to, I love it when people flourish. I love it when people testify what God has done. It, isn't that cool? That gives you great, it gives me great joy. Yes, I'll get a reward. But man, I tell you, when you see people step out, when you see people uh, being set free, when you see people being set free from fear and stuff and, and entering into freedom, that gives me great joy. Nothing like it. Yes, I have my own share of problems. Yes, I have my own share of struggles. But in spite of it all, joy. That is cool. And God wants to give you joy and great reward. I want God to say over my life, well done, good and faithful servant. Do you want God to say that about you? Well done, good and faithful servant. You know, I want that from God. I want that. I mean, uh, you know, for Kara and I, we, we were fairly comfortable in Christchurch, but we came here because God called us here. But we, we love being here. Why? Because God called us here. 
And we love serving you guys because we get joy. Amen. Sometimes, just like family, we are pain to each other. Aren't we? We don't avoid one another. We love one another. Anyway. Right? And if you are faithful in few things, he will make you a ruler. That means an influencer of many great things. See, if you are faithful in looking after that one friend God has given you, he will give you a few more people to, he will increase your influence. Amen. What he's saying, great ruler, means you will be a great influencer. You have an opportunity to influence people. And he wants to. It's not about life. It's not just about nine to five. Life is not just about focusing on your deposit, finally buying a house. And trust me, I hear when you buy a house, great, but then you have to pay bills. You have to. But life is much more bigger than that. Amen. I love it in Matthew, um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. It says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, that is God's sake, will find it. Amen. So when you're living for God, you're not losing your life, you're gaining your life. Be encouraged. Be encouraged today. That when you're serving God by your, with your talents, no matter what that is, if your business is your gifting, that's a gifting. Go be a godly businessman or woman in the community. Amen. Don't be a dodgy one. And then say, God loves you. If teaching is your gifting, be an excellent teacher. Significant teacher. Amen. My mother-in-law um, and father-in-law, as you know, run the children's church. And I love it. Francie knows every kid's birth date. And she's got a list of people, the kids, and the, she prays for them every day. Now, you can't pay for that. That's a gift, a passion. And she wants to pray for those children. That's cool. I know that because they live with us. So we know in the Bible so many people, Moses, Noah, Abraham, Peter, Paul, they all lived for Jesus. And the more they gave their life away, the more they found themselves in God. And today we talk about them because they are great influences over our lives. And, and living in your comfort zone doesn't make you safe. It makes me small. Living me, living, uh, me living in my comfort zone doesn't make me safe. It makes me small. My dream is not big. My aspirations are not big. My, my mentality of blessing other people is not big. You know, the, what the world says, risk. The God, God says, trust in me. Trust in God and step out of the boat. Live for other people. It's a risk, but live for other people. They will abuse you, but live for other people. They will betray you, live for other people. They will use you, live for other people. That's what happened to Jesus, but who's the great influencer? Jesus or Judas? Jesus. 
Don't live for yourself, please. Yes, you should have breaks. Yes, you should have, uh, you need rest. You need to look after yourself. That's important. But aim to live for other people. Use your talents for God's glory. Amen. Step out of your comfort zone. Use your talents. Can the Lord say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. When you come back home from work and at 5.30 you arrive home or 6 o'clock, can the Lord say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You redeemed today for my glory in the company that I've placed you. Did you work hard enough to make your business and your boss successful? Did you shine my light where I placed you? Amen. Or did you just gather with them, those that complain, and you started complaining with them? You know, step out of your comfort zone. Seriously, step out of your comfort zone. Try to find something, uh, uh, you know, in the church, try to find something that you're gifted with and start serving. I quoted this the other day. Brinny said one day that the best way to belong in a church is to start serving in a church. Because you get to know people and it's rewarding. Amen. Well said, Brinny. You know, she's listening to God. You know, that's good. But, but, you know, outside church too, find something that you're good at. If you're good at business, find people with business ideas, start imparting into their lives. Isn't that cool? If you're good at, I don't know, gardening, teach people how to garden that are interested in gardening. If you are, you know, take those small steps of if somebody's hurting, make them a meal, but don't just leave them a meal, but try to, try to talk about God and encourage them in God. Amen. You know, take those small steps to be significant. Talk to someone about God. That small steps uh, that are significant. If somebody's hurting you, go and forgive them. You forgiving them, you're entering into significance. Amen. I am created to be significant. I am created to be significant. Step out, reconcile with someone, become significant in the sight of God. I remember my kids, I think I shared that once. You know, we say, if someone upsets us, I say, say sorry. Men, they don't want to say sorry. And then now, we're, sorry. You know, and they say, sorry, and I forgive you. And Leo, Leo recently said, sorry, but I don't want to forgive you. And I said, no, 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 you come back. You sit down, buddy. Sit down now. Say sorry by name and say I forgive you. Sorry by name, who it is. I forgive you. But I don't want to, Daddy. <laughs> oh, that is good. This is good. Faithfulness is fruitfulness. Yeah? According to the Bible, as we're reading this story, faithfulness is fruitfulness. These guys multiplied their talent. So faithfulness is about, am I being fruitful with God? what God has given me? Am I being fruitful? Am I bearing fruit? As I conclude now, sadly the story ends on a tragic note. Verse 24, it says, Then he who had received that one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. 
this guy, the third guy, I don't think he understood the character of the master. I don't think he understood the heart of the master. He must have had a religious spirit or a dutiful mind and he, he was hard on himself so he thought the master will be hard on him. He didn't understand the heart of the master. And in verse 25 he says, And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And some may say he didn't squander in this story the talents, or some may say at least he kept its talent. And some may say or think that that last guy is faithful. But no, as I said earlier, faithfulness is fruitfulness. Verse 26, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I, that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with a banker and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from you and give it to him who has ten talents. Isn't that interesting? Verse 28, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. And I was thinking about it. What you don't use, you will lose. What you don't use, you will lose. Just like physically, we all have muscles. And if you don't know if you have muscles, go to a gym for two days, then see. And you go, well, I didn't know I have that's a muscle that hurts. And so what you don't use, you will lose. And what you don't manage, you will lose. And I believe we need to learn to manage our thoughts. We need to learn to manage our relationships. Amen. What do I mean by that? Short accounts. None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. Right? But when we make mistakes, we apologize, we ask for forgiveness, we reconcile, and we move on. It's called managing. If I don't manage, and I look at, Tom said this to me, and I'm holding on, holding on, and it's going to create poison within me. And I'm going to lose friendship. I don't want to lose friendship. If Tom said something about me, I'll go to him and say, hey, buddy, what happened here? You know, hey, sorry, let's move on. Move on, no big deal. But keep short accounts. Last two scriptures and I'm done. Verse 29, for to everyone who has, more will be given and he will, he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And as I conclude, I've got three questions for us. And before I say those questions, the number one is, how I live my life today matters for eternity. And the questions I have is, do I really believe that everything that I have is a gift from God? 
Everything I have, is that a gift from God? Do I believe that? Number two, do I really believe that I will be held accountable for my life? Because if I believe it, then I will live to glorify his name. Number three, can I be described as a good and faithful servant? By the way, I live at my school, my college, my uni, my job, my marriage, parenting, grandparenting, my business, every relationship, every aspect of my life. You know, before we take communion, can I get the worship team, please? Before we take communion, I want you to think about this. Dan had no idea what I was speaking on. I didn't know he was going to come and talk about salvation. And the scripture talks about that. That one day, God's going to come back. One day, he's going to ask all of us, hey, I gave you life. What have you done with it? How did you use it? Did you spend a lot of time sailing on the weekends? Or did you serve me? What did you do with, my, with your life? What did you do? How did you honor me? And to do that, number one, what we need to do is we've got to have a relationship with God. And that comes by saying, God, I acknowledge you that you are the creator. I acknowledge that you died for me on the cross. And I acknowledge only me bowing my heart, not my mind, not my body, bowing my heart before you and seeking for forgiveness from you and inviting you into my heart. I enter into a relationship with God. And that's what's called salvation. It's entering into that relationship, that saving grace with Jesus Christ. My friends, we all need God. We need Him because He's our Creator. He created us. 